welcome to the Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we have intro music, talk about the Bible, and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. I'm Zach Paris. I am the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry here at the University of Colorado Boulder. Well, Zach, it's been a summer of travel so far. It's been a summer of travel. And it's hard for people to perceive it because we are so adept at uh, the recording, the audio mediums, putting out the podcast, over 300 of them. We actually took a little bit of a break here, Matt. Uh, I know we we talked about a lot of current events. We we had seen it. And uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think we missed anything big or important. Just uh, nothing happened. On a roller coaster that only goes up. Yep. Nothing happened since mid-June. Still... All good. Nothing. Just as we said, the Colorado Avalanche won Lord Sir Stanley's uh, dinnerware. And that's the only important thing that happened. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't have any hot takes on all the news. Just, uh, I don't know, keep the faith, dear people. Keep up whatever uh, good work you're doing in the world. Just keep doing it. There it is. Again, that funny feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's about what we got. Uh, while we ignore the world burning around us, we've been on the road, Matt. You've been on the road. I've been on the road. We've seen roads. Our roads did not intersect. Uh, but uh, you made a tour of one of the top two lakes in the Great Lake system. One of the top two. Uh, yeah, we went uh, all the way around Lake Michigan. We were going to Michigan to see some family and then we had to get to Iowa. So Chris said, probably best thing to do is just, uh, just loop around, just go all the way around, you know, uh, the circuit. like you're trying to slingshot around the moon, like Apollo 13. That's kind of where we were, where our, our car was like kind of failing. We were like, you know what? We got to get that gravity from Shaking. going all the way around. <laughs> we, uh, called up Gary Sinise and, uh, you know, just, uh, we got it. We got it going. It's great. Uh, we you, saw three. Yeah, I have a question. Questions. Uh, questions. Did you, Matt, when you're driving over the Mackinac Bridge, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, America? Was it playing? <laughs> no. No. Is the Mackinac Bridge in to look for. I know. Yeah. Wow. It is. Uh, yeah. Mackinac. I don't know how you get into it, but it Mackinac leads into the the chorus there. <laughs> I need to look that up, Zach. I need to look that up. Uh, we we did cross over the Mackinac Bridge, uh, which is a pretty fun place because you're you're there at the uh, two. You got two Great Lakes. You got Huron on one side and Michigan on the other. So you can dip your toes in the water at two Great Lakes right there, and then you go north and uh, Superior. Dip your toes in Lake Superior. Three Great Lakes in uh, in two days. Pretty impressive stuff. I'd like to apologize, Matt, and issue a correction. We do not usually do um, corrections on the podcast. And in, in the past, what we would have done, because we don't make mistakes, we had an editing machine, and it just edited out all the mistakes. And unfortunately, our editing machine has broken. Uh, so be sure to become a Patreon subscriber. And in the meantime, we have to leave in all the mistakes. Um, it's Saginaw. It took me yeah, uh, 
Mm-hmm. It's not messy. <laughs> it took me well, four days. Maybe they rhymed. Happened. If I just had always missed it, that they rhymed Mackinac with Saginaw. Uh, I just assumed it was the same thing. <laughs> nope. But I'm looking at it on Google Earth right now, and it is nowhere near uh, the Mackinac Bridge. The Straits <laughs> of Mackinac. Oh, you saw the Straits, Straits of Mackinac, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's uh. Pretty fascinating stuff. There's a fort up there. Um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. We uh, then we went into the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Michigan, the only state with uh, that is consists of two peninsulas. Fun fact: you know what Michigan's slogan is? I, I always I love Kansas' slogan. It's Ad Astra Paraspra to the stars. You know, it's got this great. Yeah. Michigan's is um, it's in Latin. I can't remember how you say it in Latin, but in English, it's if you seek a pleasant peninsula, look about you. that's the state motto if you seek a pleasant peninsula look about you and it works no matter which of the two peninsulas you are in which is just uh it's great you know um yeah it's a lot of qualifiers but it it gets at the heart of it (laughs) you know a lot of qualifiers uh fun fact in the up uh got to see an lstc classmate shout out we just want to get promoted by lstc so shout out to a fellow lstc classmate Elizabeth Zant, uh, no longer Zant, now she's Elizabeth Daniels, but Pastor Elizabeth uh, up there in the UP doing doing the Lord's work. So great to see Elizabeth. Yeah, we're hoping that since LSTC uh, did announce that they are selling their physical property, uh, they're going to be flush with cash and that they should invest that cash, it's our humble opinion, in podcasts. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I definitely hope there's a line item uh, for podcasts. Uh, the deal, yeah, they, they couldn't get the old uh, Chicago Theological Seminary deal because the uh, CTS had their campus bought by the University of Chicago. And part of their deal is uh, the University of Chicago built them this brand new fancy campus. Uh, LSTC, we couldn't get that deal, but uh, podcasts, podcasts, podcasts. I did bring the podcast up to Elizabeth. I can't remember how it came up, but I brought it up and um, she she gave me a look and Chris said, yeah, I've never listened to it either. So it's, it was good. It's a good part of the conversation. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're going to, we'll shout her out. It's going to be great. Yeah, no, we'll tag her on the social medias and then <laughs> she'll be forced to hear because everybody wants to hear themselves be famous on this podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so good times. Uh, then we went to, we, we drove, we stayed overnight in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We, we mm-hmm. took some pictures of uh, Lambeau Field. Uh, Then we drove almost to South Dakota uh, (laughs) and back uh, where I went to a Cubs game. That was pretty fun. Uh, And and stayed overnight in Arlington Heights, Illinois, uh, and just missed front of the pod Adam Burt by a day. (laughs) He was in the village the next day, but had to get back. So that's what we did. What, uh, What have you been up to, Zach? Oh, I've been around the world, and I, 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 I've been uh, player hating. I think is it. Um, I ended up in uh, the Northern Carolina, uh, in the western part of the Northern Carolina, for a big family vacation. I uh, ended up uh, mountain biking one day. Man, I've never done the mountain biking, um, but uh, I'm kind of uh, the cool uncle, if you will, uh, in terms of like uh, I'm the youngest uncle, you know, like. And there are some now high school aged uh, nephews. They wanted to go mountain biking. 
and uh, Freddie, Freddie Carpenter, uh, hooked us up. He's a mountain biking aficionado. My brother-in-law's wife's husband. No, that's him. Father. There we go. It was a lot of uh, tricky, tricky room of art. And uh, he hooked us up a lot for bikes. And uh, I didn't say that I'd never been mountain biking before because I didn't. Why would I say that? Right. Uh, loved the way up, Matt. The way up was hard and it was painful. And I like that sort of thing. And then the way down immediately, I realized, oh, this is going to go really poorly. Uh, and I decided to learn how to mountain bike the same way I decided to learn how to ski. And that was by eating it over and over again. Uh, so that was great. The skin has been growing back slowly on my body. Good. Um, yeah. But I had a blast. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, did uh, Western North Carolina mountain things. Went to Sliding Rock, which you got to go to. And uh, just outside of Brevard, where there's a big rock up in the mountains with water that goes over it. And you slide down. It's pretty simple. Uh, <laughs> water's still pretty cold and took, uh, my daughter loved it, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and she wanted to keep going. And so I had to go with her. And even though the water was super cold, like made you like lose your breath every time you like hit the water. Uh, one of those kinds of deals. So <laughs> lots of fun. I did see Matt in Western North Carolina at the base of the uh, Pisgah National Forest there. There's an ice cream store with the greatest marketing plan. I mean, I was inspired. I was in awe of the genius of this ice cream stand. It's called Dolly's. And they have a whole menu, a whole section of the menu. It's bigger than the regular menu of special flavors that are named after each of the local like summer camps. <laughs> right? Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, because when you show up, your summer camp shows up there to get ice cream or whatever, or you show up, you got to get, oh, we got to go there because they've got right. Luther Ridge Lightning or Greenville Volcano. Oh, oh, was my uh, summer old summer camp had a, has an ice cream there. I mean, there's like 25 summer camps with their own flavors. Brilliant marketing. Loved it. Was so impressed. Amazing. Amazing. From there, Matt, I uh, I decided to switch it up. Uh, I put my thing down, flipped it, and reversed it all the way to the Northwest, Matt. Uh, I was in Seattle for a couple of days, uh, the Western Campus Ministry Staff Conference. And I got to see my colleagues, our colleagues, really, Matt, uh, campus ministry colleagues in person for the first time since March, early March of 2020. Uh, and that was some lovely time together. Shout out to the uh, the gentleman working the desk at the Dumas Bay Retreat Center because uh, I messed up my flights and ended up sleeping in an airport. Uh, and uh, he let me into my room at 9 a.m. Uh, when I had like a 4 p.m. check-in. I got to sleep all day before the conference started. And that was the kindest thing anyone has ever done to me in my entire life. Wow. Well, I'm glad you got some sleep. Glad you got to be in the Northwest. Oh, one of the greatest places in the world. Viva Seattle, Tacoma. Viva, Viva, SeaTac. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, I guess that's the early summer roundup. You got any that, more travels on the, on the docket? I do. For some reason, I uh, decided <laughs> that this summer is going to be incredibly intense. Because uh, it is kind of like the first... I mean, it's not post-COVID, right? But like, I don't know. feels like you yeah. should, should do all the things you've been waiting to do forever. Well, most people seem to feel that way because the airports are insane. It was wild. It was wild. All over the place. Wildness. So what's next? Where are you going next? Oh, I'm going to that favorite uh, middle of the summer destination, Southwest Florida, uh, where it's going to be real hot. But uh, yeah. 
timeshares, lovely swimming pools and stuff. Uh, you know, my family has a long history of, of regular uh, vacations to South Florida and uh, haven't been able to do that in a long time. So uh, we're at that age where like we're trying to figure out how to like appropriately like indoctrinate our daughter into like family traditions and systems and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause we did the fun thing. We went to North Carolina for a week for like this, this kind of family reunion on my wife's side and then uh, left our daughter uh, in North Carolina with my parents uh, who lived just down the road from my in-laws. And so she did like a, a grandparents camp for a week by herself uh, in order to get that like experience and knowing who yeah. she is and stuff uh, is important. And so part of it is to uh, evidently go to Southwest Florida, Naples ish. Might do some fishing. I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Take your talents to South Beach. I'm taking my talents to the opposite coast to South Beach. Opposite coast. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Well, in the meantime, I guess we got to cover some texts for these uh, midsummer midsummer Sundays. I mean, nobody's making us, man. All of our loyal listeners are wait with the demanding the text. They want to have them. They got to have them. Got to have them. Well, we got some good ones, Matt. I like these. I like these. You got one classic, like an oldie station kind of uh, text. You got one like that. Uh, I put this Deuteronomy. I'd say it's on. Um, um, it's kind of like on the classic rock station. I think of. Uh, of things and uh then the colossians is your like indie uh indie cut uh played by your not-for-profit community radio station <laughs> yeah that works well let's uh let's read it we got deuteronomy 30 9 to 14 moses said to the people of Israel, that's pretty much uh, Deuteronomy in a nutshell, Moses given a long speech. The people of Israel, <laughs> Lord, your God. Moses had a lot of things to say. <laughs> this is farewell address. I'm going to make you Make them. you abundantly prosperous in all your undertakings, in the fruit of your body, the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your soil. Loin, a soil. Sorry. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you just as he delighted in prospering your ancestors when you obey the Lord your God by observing his commandments and decrees that are written in this book of the law because you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us so that we may hear and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea, so that you shall say, Who will cross to the other side of the sea for us, and get it for us, so that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. I like this one, Matt. I like it a lot. Um, I've been preaching this this sermon uh, for a couple months now, I think, in my uh, post spring semester preaching as I've been on the road and stuff. I think I've preached this sermon over and over again, uh, which is, you know, the big theological idea. I got it originally out of the Kelly Fryer book uh, and she got it from somebody else that, that the big Lutheran idea, the big Lutheran insight is that God comes down. God comes to us 
Um, and so uh, the good news for for us, I think, is the good news that God is here. Um, that not just God, but right, what God holds and wants for us, um, the truth of who we are, um, it's here among us and not like at the tops of mountains, doesn't require um, superhuman effort. It's the anti-transfiguration sort of gospel. Um, so, you know, Jesus uh, was a human is the good news, right? Um, I love this. Like we don't have to, uh, it, as we prepare to write our HBO series on the Bible, Matt, this is going to be a tough one for us to work out because it'd be better TV if, if, if somebody did have to cross the seas and get this thing for us and we'd be on an epic quest. Uh, but that's not yeah. what the good news is here. The good news is here. You don't have to go on the epic quest. You don't have to leave the Shire. Uh, the good news is in the Shire as well. The good news is in the Shire. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. What, um, I like this too. I like the imagery here. What, what's left for us to do? What if I want to go on a quest? What if I need some adventure in my life, Zach? What, what does this text have to say to me? It should, it tells you, you should just go to seminary and uh, <laughs> make sure there's a draft process and like that all start your grand life adventure. Um <laughs> Yeah, the next question is action, right? And that's going to be um, a thing that is represented um, that comes out in the in the gospel reading we get because we good Samaritan and, and the scribe lawyer gets pushed to act, um, and that's certainly an element that is here. Um, I think that you know I'm not going to miss a good opportunity to quote uh, John Green quoting uh, the Bard, uh, the immortal Bard, William uh, Shakespeare. Uh, in Julius Caesar, when he says, uh, when Cassius says to Bruno, the fault is not in our stars, dear Brutus, it is in ourselves, uh, which is, I think is one half of the equation of a Lutheran anthropology, right? Uh, our cursedness is not a thing that falls onto us from above, but it is uh, coming up from the ground up in that grassroots way. The other side of it is what we get in this story, which is the good news. The life of God is not in our stars, right? It is in us. It is in and among us. And so that is a call, right? It is good news. First of all, we don't have to climb the mountain. Um, but we also don't get to sit on the sidelines and say, oh, that I could climb the mountain or reach the heavens or that I could do all these things that I can't do. It is an empowering and then moving a uh, piece of good news, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have to yeah. wait on the Avengers to reassemble. Right. Yeah. 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 I feel like there's, there's this um, sense in the world so often that like, there are things that are for other people to do that we are waiting for heroes to do things for us. And um, if only, if only uh, there was a hero here to do something um, that's for someone else. Those are for other people. Those are for the greats. But I think this tells us no, like, um, like this is for all of us. It's near to you. Um, it is for you to hear. It is for you to observe. And I think that's, that's kind of amazing too, that like there might, <laughs> there might be a quest, uh, but the quest doesn't, doesn't necessarily involve uh you know, crossing to the other side of the sea that you might sit right where you are and be on a quest to hear and observe the word of the Lord that is right next to you. And that in itself can be um, a pretty amazing thing. 
It's like one of the top two Dylans in music history said, uh, we can be heroes. <laughs> the top two Dylans. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, he said it after, after one of the King David said it. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, that song was, uh, a, a cover of a boy song that was done for the Godzilla soundtrack, Godzilla 1998, uh, which I remember well. <laughs> it had like Zeppelin in it, didn't it? Like that was one of the big things. Like Zeppelin never did commercial stuff. And they, or that oh, Puff Daddy Zeppelin. That's what it was. It there it is. <laughs> yep. That's what it was. I remember going round and round. Cause my, I had a friend who was a, diehard zeppelin fan and i was like man it's such a great puff daddy song i was like i can't even jimmy <laughs> page though, did do the guitar so is it diddy and jimmy page is what uh spotify tells me it's just pretty great stuff and then this is this is so fun we this is why i tuned the vinyl preacher so this mm-hmm. this album it starts with heroes cover by the wallflowers then it's come with me which is the like that's right cover diddy and jimmy page then third song on the on the album Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai right here. These, I mean, these were the days. And I do want to say, I'm pretty sure that uh, my favorite soundtrack of all time, The Batman Forever, which came out in 1995, uh, kind of kicked off. I'm I'm just going to say it kicked off this uh, this trailblazing movie soundtrack. You know, movie soundtracks. Like, then they tried to do it again with Batman and Robin. I remember that one. It's Mastering Pop. I mean, it's just amazing. This goes, okay, third one is Jamiroquai. Fourth song. Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. There'll be no shelter here. I'll remember it well. Uh, fifth song, Ben Folds 5. Ben Folds 5. Oh. What, what a mix, Zach. What a just snapshot. Uh, and then I'll just I'll just run through. We've got Fuel, I remember. Foo Fighters are on here. Wow. Uh, Green Day is on here. Silver Chair. Remember Silver Chair? Wow. Oh. Just uh, what, a, what a mix. A little uh, frog. Frog <laughs> album. The mid-late 90s. <laughs> wow wow man you, know, uh, I mean, I... you, you don't have to travel far for the word of the lord no. all you have to do is pick up the godzilla soundtrack you will hear it we you were too close back then we couldn't see that god had, had come near to us yep yeah. oh, uh increasing take that benfold's underappreciated Appreciate it. I've been listening to some Ben Folds, and uh, it's good. It's really it's good. good. It's really it's good. good. It's good. Mm. Well, that's uh, that's Deuteronomy. Uh, with the amount of research, Matt, that you have done on the Godzilla soundtrack, uh, and you know, thanks again for that episode of. Uh, are we sure. talking movie music? Uh, good. It was a good episode. Uh, I did research. You ready for this, man? I did research because I saw with this epistle, we are starting a new one. It would start with the introduction to Colossians. Uh, so I got out my old introduction to the New Testament book. Uh, and I did spend more time looking for it than I did reading it. Um, but here's what I learned, Matt. Uh, uh, thought to be, un- it's unlikely, th- it, it is not thought to be real, Paul. So if that matters to you, uh, mm-hmm. this is likely a fake Paul. Gotcha. Um, but that what I think is important for these readings and to set it up as we do start to move into it, because uh, 
the epistle is semi-continuous and not complementary. Um, is that the, the perhaps the biggest like theological idea that Colossians wrestle with wrestles with is it wrestles with the tension between um, the God who's who's that the mystery of God dwelled in and among us, um, hmm. and that 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 tension between an enfleshed God that we knew also held the mystery beyond our understanding, and so that sort of tension, and that gets set up really nicely here. I'm not going to read the whole thing because people don't got time for that. Um, right. But you get it very early on in this, um, in the first chapter, right after the introduction, right. In our prayers, we always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ and Jesus. Oh, you're so glad I'm not reading this, uh, of the love that you have for all the saints, because here it is the hope laid up for you in heaven. Uh, so it, it lays out this hope that's in heaven. And you have heard of this hope before in the word of truth, because the gospel that has uh, through the gospel that has come to you. And that's the big, like, that's the thing that it's, that Colossians is, is, is wrestling with that I am picking up as we, we head into it here, this summary, like that tension. And it fits nicely with the, uh, the Deuteronomy. Right? Nice. Nice. Cause if Deuteronomy, Matt is about, uh, and Moses said to the people, uh, notably Moses climbed mountains, uh, for revelation as well. So, um, both those threads are there, even in the Deuteronomy Moses. I was assuming he mountain biked up that mountain. He probably biked up and then on the way down just ate. That's really why his face was shining. It was just yeah. CBD. He was in a literal state of medical shock. He had lost a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a roller coaster ride on the way down with no rails or safety precautions of any kind. Sounds good. I'm going to put it on my bucket list. Next time you're out here, Matt, we're, I'm not going to ride anymore. Uh, but we'll, 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 we'll find a guy with some bikes and then we'll just send it full send. I used to have a, like some pretty good hybrid tires on my bike. And then one of my tires busted, I took it in to get it replaced. And the guy's like, what kind of tire do you want? And I was like, well, this is like what it, He's like, well, do you do a lot of mountain biking? And I was like, I always think about doing it. And he's like, yeah, most of us do. <laughs> so he gave me some road tires instead. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah. Bike so someday, someday. So expensive. Luke, chapter 10. We kind of got a little semi-continuous Luke going on this summer, too. It kind of We continues. do. We're cruising through it. So that's uh, that's fun. This is Luke 10, 25 to 37. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw it, he passed by on the other side. 
So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave him to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is almost nearly identical to what happened. I, I ate it really hard on the mountain bike and my nephews came by and they were moved with pity. And they took oil and they poured oil and wine on my wounds. And I said, yeah. look at this wine and why are you pouring it on me? This doesn't seem like a good use of the wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what it takes. Did they put you on uh, their own bikes and bring you to an end? They did not bring me anywhere. They just left me, actually. <laughs> <It> just... <laughs> uh, Matt, oldie but a goodie here. The Good Samaritan, you know, there's uh, several well-worn paths you can walk through here. Uh, you can try down the road where uh, we read good into Samaritan. In the, right, the Samaritan is not called good in this story. He's just called a Samaritan. Uh, I did do a little extra learning. I've been doing learning today, Matt, uh, on some contextual stuff that, that was new to me, at least. Right. So in the ancient Near East, there was uh, you know, a social hierarchy, a caste system of things. And at the top of that caste system, uh, at least in terms of uh, Judaism, uh, in, in religious purity were your priests and Levites. They were at the top of things. And so when I normally hear this and when I hear it in kind of like children's sermon ears, it sounds like the priest and the Levite are just like assholes, like they're jerks, you know? Uh, but there was a compelling reason for them not to do it, right? They weren't allowed to. Um, hmm. The naked man, they couldn't tell. They, he looked dead they're not allowed to touch dead bodies because dead bodies are unclean. The law prevented them from doing this. Uh, and it is their faith, their misguided faith, that prevents them from helping the, uh, the man on the side of the road. So I think that's an important element to put in there. The mm -hmm. other one is, we've talked about it a million times, I've talked about it a million times on the podcast, that in the ancient Aries, the only people who had any obligation for your well-being were your, uh, your, your, uh, your family your extended family units, right? You live together, you live behind walls together. And so um, inns, we think of it as like, oh, they took them to like the lovely innkeeper and I kind of have like uh, Canterbury Tales-ish sort of like English inns and there was beer and it was warm and a lovely place to be. Um, inns were, were poorly thought of, right? The only people who would stay at inns, right? Because Jesus is deviant because he's, He's walking from town to town and people don't do that. There's no reason to do that. Um, it's thought that the the man here is probably a traitor, uh, not like a traitor, uh, but a traitor, a person who trades, uh, which was looked down upon because, you know, traitors don't create anything and yet they're taking wealth. So that was thought to be stealing sort of a thing. Hmm. Uh, and then people don't stay in inns because that the only people who stayed in inns were people who didn't have family they could count on. Uh, so it's really a disreputable place. And so there is, it's even more extreme that the life of God, that the neighbor, that the ones you should serve, that we should serve and live together with are living in almost think of it more as like a homeless shelter, 
than a than a Holiday Inn Express. That's not what this is. Um, that not only is it the Samaritan who didn't even make it to the cast chart is the person who helps, but he takes him to, and this man experiences and and receives very literal salvation in the sense of that, like health and wholeness. It comes in this house of disrepute. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think it is, like you said, this oldie but goodie. So we've heard it so many times. So how how to dig something new out of it. Um, and I like, yeah, it is like the priest and the Levite. Um, so there's some specific things to their, their culture and their faith where they are prevented by the law from, from doing anything. Um, and even in arm time, like there's a way in which like, this is, this is actually a pretty normal thing to do. If it really seems like, I don't know how many of us pass by on the other side. This seems fairly normal. And then what the Samaritan does is sort of go over the top in the other direction mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a really unexpected way. And so to bring that out, it's also just like, it's such a strange response from Jesus where like, who is, who is my neighbor? And I, I, I think, I think what he's trying to do is say like the Samaritans, which would have been a strange thing to say, but like goes about it in this really like (laughs) way where the lawyer like can't like, if he would have just said Samaritan, it would have opened up this whole can of worms. And, but then he tells this story and then there's no way around it. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting to me that at the end, the lawyer doesn't say the Samaritan. It's like he, (laughs) he goes out of his way not to say Samaritan, even though Jesus has called this guy Samaritan, like pretty clearly. Uh, he says the one who showed him mercy. He doesn't. He doesn't say the word Samaritan, and I feel like Samaritan is pretty key to what Jesus is getting at with this this story. So it's a really interesting way to define neighbor. Um, but yeah, I still I don't know. I still I'm going to be wrestling with this one, trying to figure out what what is there new to say about this. I like the uh, the over the top take there, Matt. Um... And I wonder if reading that back through the Deuteronomy here can be helpful in that, that, that one way to read this story is that, um, you know, at least the way I rationalize when I walk on the other side of the road uh, from uh, naked people who appear half dead, um, I will rationalize like, what can I do? Like, what do I like? I, I can't be helpful here. I don't have anything. Um, and the stuff that the Samaritan works with is the stuff that was like had access to all of that. Right. Like he's not putting him in the Ritz Carlton again. Right. But like he's using the lowest of stuff in Mm -hmm. order to make, he's creating abundance with the lowest of things, Mm -hmm. which is a lovely paradox of it, of it, but also the overtopness of what the Samaritan does. You know, we move from, you don't have to climb the mountain. You don't have to cross the sea, but then you turn around and you see, Oh, well, there are actually mountains right here, right? The the Samaritan finds the mountain that was already, that was put before him and not like, d- didn't plan a, a journey to, to Everest, right? Or Kilimanjaro, but, but found the mountain, found the great quest that needed to be taken, that needed to be, needed to happen uh, in the place where he was. Hmm. So you get yeah. both of that, like near and far away and relax into the gospel and yet also engage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then you've got Jesus' little uh, punctuation here at the end. Go and do likewise. Mm-hmm. Which is... Yeah. It is very action-focused because he, he answers the same way at the end of the first like little paragraph. Mm-hmm. Uh, where What must I do to inherit the eternal life? Um, it's like, oh, what's the law say? And he's like, oh, great answer. Correct. Uh, but do this and you will live. Not like intellectually know the law. Uh, but do it. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't like, he doesn't respond in the same way that he asked that question. Like do this and you'll inherit eternal life. He said, do this and you will live. In this yeah. Word, which is a really interesting, like twist on what he actually, on what he actually asked. <laughs> so, and then the story itself, right. is like this very, this worldly, um, action-oriented kind of a story. And so, again, like shifting that focus from just belief to how, how, are, these, how are these commitments reflected uh, in your actual life? I like it, man. I might, if we had an editing machine, I'd go back and say uh, that an inn, you know, is full of vulnerable people who don't have families to protect them. Um, so it's like this gathering of the vulnerable, yeah. Vulnerable. But we don't have an editing machine, so <laughs> it's not going to make it into the podcast. Could make it into your sermon, though. Could do a whole sermon. How about the end? You can imagine one of those narrative type sermons. You just what if this is the end from before? <laughs> Are we in Bethlehem? No, um, <laughs> it's the second most famous inn in the Bible. Ends of the Bible. They have ice cream flavors for every tribe of Israel. <laughs> Levite lightning. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Quick, get us to playlists. What are we oh, listening to? Matt. Uh one of the things that I really enjoyed when I was at the Western Campus Minister Staff Conference was spending time with my colleagues. And uh one of the things that happens to me, Matt. Oh, I've got big news, Matt. Are you ready for this? Uh yeah. I was in downtown Brevard, North Carolina, ended up in an outdoor shop, and you're not going to believe this, Matt, I got outed, okay? Which uh, for me, and and I think for you, Matt, is not a fun thing to happen from time to time. Uh, You know, I'm just out there living my life on vacation, and they sold beer at the like outdoor store. And first of all, the guy came up and was like, can I get you a beer? And I was like, yeah, because it sounded like he was going to give me a beer, right? We weren't at at the bar section. We were in another part of the store. And turned out he was selling it to me. Um, and uh, anyway, he checks my ID and like starts asking me questions. And eventually it comes out, uh, you know, I'm the Lutheran campus pastor at the university. Because he'd asked about the university and stuff. Yeah. And uh, then he starts telling me that he goes to seminary at this uh, at this place. And, um, and uh, I found a way to shut it down, man. Yeah. <laughs> A new way to shut it down that was highly effective. I pivoted and I said, let me tell you about my podcast. And uh, <laughs> suddenly he wanted the conversation to end and I won. Wow. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so feel free to use that. Listeners, you don't even have to have a podcast to use that technique. It's yours free. I'm giving it to you. Uh, all I ask is that you become a Patreon subscriber so we can get that editing machine fixed. Uh, the other thing, Matt, that maybe it happens to you. Maybe it happened in that Elizabeth, 
uh, knee Zant Daniels conversation is I'll see somebody who knows I have the podcast and I'll mention something about the podcast in passing. And they're like, eh, I hadn't really listened to it in a while. And they're like, apologize for not listening to it. Yeah. Um, and, and I've always like, oh, it's, it's okay. I don't like you. I don't, I do the podcast for me uh, and other people like it. So I'm cool. sure you've got more important things to do. <laughs> and uh, that spurred a conversation. Uh, some miss misinformation was out there, Matt. This person was under mm-hmm. the impression, uh, Rebecca Borden was under the impression that we put uh, explicitly religious music on the playlist each week. Oh, and that's like, a fundamental misconception. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the opposite of the point of the podcast. And I sure, sure, no, no, we don't. And then Matt, we got into uh, uh, Lilith Fair. We got into mid nineties femme rock slash singer songwriter stuff. And uh, really excitingly, Matt, I got to do the thing that, that people like us always hope we can do. I exposed her to the new Fiona Apple album. It's not that oh new anymore, goodness. right? The Fetch the bolt, bolt cutters mm-hmm. blew her mind open. Uh, and I got to like, like it worked, right? I put the headphones on and the brain actually exploded. <laughs> Versus like patiently waiting for you to stop assaulting them with information about music. Uh, so I've been I've been in the groove for a while there. I curated quickly oh, a nice little playlist that night uh, of, uh, of the people that we love, Matt. And one of them was Jewel. And uh, I had forgotten this cut off of uh, Pieces of You, which is an incredible album. Uh, not one of the singles, but Near You Always, which you should check out, click through, listen to the song, uh, is an excellent nice. Jewel song and is a perfect like it feels like even more like the pure distillation of who Jewel was in 1996 on pieces of you uh, check it out. And near you always, that's the good news here in Deuteronomy. Uh, but as we move along to the gospel, Matt, it's about getting shelter. Uh, and I thought about doing shelter of the storm from one of the top two Dylans in uh, shelter from the storm. Uh, one of the top two Dylans in all of music history, but instead I uh, found my way onto shelter by Vic Mensa. Have you heard this? Matt, it's really good. No, uh, I haven't heard Vic- it. Vic Mensa, Hyde Park's own Vic Mensa, grew up in Hyde Park on the south side where he got to meet a gentleman by the name of Clarence, uh, who turns out to be Chance the Rapper. And so this track, uh, what? Shelter and says, if you can't find a safe place, like, may this song be a shelter for you. Uh, may this song be the end. And it's got track, it's got uh, verses by Chance the Rapper and Wyclef is on it doing his Wyclef thing. Uh, I don't think he embezzled any of this money though. So uh, that's good. Not certain. And then go back to an oldie, but a goodie, Matt, off of Out of Time, Near Wild Heaven uh, is the good news song, I think, this week by Rapid Eye Movement. Uh, really excellent. Fellas men. out of Athens. Really excellent men from the old 40 Watt Club. Good stuff. Solid. I like it. Good stuff. Um, what am I going to throw on here? Well, uh, just this this last line from the the lawyer, the one who showed him mercy. Lots of songs with mercy in them. Mm. Uh, so I'll put uh, Duffy uh, has a song called Mercy. Uh, it's very old school. It sounds like uh, a 60s song. It's really, really good. Um, Peter Gabriel's Mercy Street. And then in honor of all the Dave Matthews fans out there. Oh. Dave Matthews fan. Mercy. DMB. Shout out to uh, Rad and Burnt, friend of the pod, hitting his multi-day Dave concert. Incredible. So proud of him. So perspective. Right? Well, 
that's uh, the scripture and that's the songs. It's been real. Real. 